0: Welcome to Annasbrook Church. We hope that this message from our senior leader, Brent Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure that you subscribe or visit our website at ennisbrook.co.nz for a service near you. We're together again, at last. Sorry, just add that in. Here to praise the Lord, here to lift up the name of Jesus. We're not talking about COVID today. We're not talking about what the government's doing or not doing, we're talking about Jesus. That's what we're here for, that's what we're about, and that's what we will continue to do. We will continue to preach Jesus, Jesus. Why? Because He is our Savior, He is our Lord, He is worthy of our attention, and amongst all that's going on and all that's happening, he is still worthy of our attention, and uh, we are, uh, you know, so privileged, so privileged, to be in such a wonderful family as this. Anna's Brook family, you're such a great family, and so good to have seven services running today. <laughs> seven services today. So uh, don't ever, don't ever. Uh, You know, judge us for um, not doing what we want to do and what we can do. Our whole desire, as Jared said, we haven't met for 10 weeks or something, but that has not been our desire, and so uh, we are here today, so that's good. Luke chapter 15, I'm going to read you the story, you'll know it well, most of you will know it well. Welcome to those online as well, by the way, welcome to... Uh, our service today. Hope you really get something out of the word today that will enrich you, that will excite you, uh, that will inspire you to, uh, to really, really be grateful for who Jesus is. So, uh, Luke chapter 15 is a great story. There's, there's three stories actually. Uh, Jesus is hanging out with the sinners and the tax collectors. Sinners and tax collectors. I don't know why they're separated. What's the difference between a sinner and a tax collector? There's probably a joke that someone could actually make about that, I'm sure. I can't think of anything at the moment. Mark might be able to to, uh, share a joke about that at some point. But sinners and tax collectors and then the Pharisees. He wasn't hanging out with the Pharisees, but the Pharisees were there. But the Pharisees were annoyed that Jesus was hanging out. What what are you you doing, Jesus, with all these sinners and tax collectors? And so, interesting dynamic, really. And uh, And so Jesus tells these stories. He doesn't tell just one story. And by the way, he's talking to the Pharisees, right? So you've got to think about the story in regards to who he's talking to. Uh, and uh, and so, so the Pharisees say, Jesus, what are you up to? Why are you hanging out with these people, these sinners and tax collectors? And so Jesus began to tell these stories. The third story, which is the last story, is the one I want to share with you. It says this, it starts at verse 11. Jesus continued, because he'd already done two stories. So he says, you're not getting it. Here's another story. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to the father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the youngest son takes off, goes and squanders his wealth in wild living. After he'd spent everything, he had nothing. Uh, There was a severe famine in the whole country and he was destitute and in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to some pigs, uh, to feed some pigs, sorry. And he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Uh, When he came to his senses, I love that, Uh, This is Jesus speaking, by the way. He's telling the story. Uh, He goes, when he came to his senses, there are moments when we've got to come to our senses, people, (laughs) right? Right. Even Jesus is imploring us, when you come to your senses. Pharisees, when you come to your senses, all right, but he's referring to this story. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will sit out, I'll go back to my dad and I'll say to him, dad, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son and he threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, Jesus, puts, you know, Jesus is telling the story, here's a meanwhile. Meanwhile, the oldest son was in the field. When he came near the house, what did he hear? Music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. By the way, the father put on the music and the dancing. The father was the one who put on the fattened calf. The father relates to a father, a heavenly father. This story relates to our heavenly father. A heavenly father who wants to put on music and dancing. A heavenly father who wants to celebrate and celebrate you and your life. Pretty powerful, if you ask me. What an awesome God. we! You know, just this week, I was thinking about this. I thought, how awesome our heavenly father is, who will actually be the one who wants to put on the music. Normally, normally it's the father that wants to turn the music down, right? Okay, I'm putting my hand up to that as well. Turn it down, it's too loud. But this father wasn't like that. And this is, the, this is Jesus speaking about his father, referring to this kind of father. This is the kind of father he knows. This kind of father will put on music. This kind of father will be colourful, infectious. This kind of father will be somebody who actually runs towards someone, not runs away from someone. This kind, this kind of father, this kind of father. What kind of father are you worshipping? What does your heavenly father look like? Sound like? What's he doing? I tell you what. Now, what he's doing right now, he's loving the music and he's loving the dancing and he's loving the worship and he's loving the praise and he and he wants to he wants to put on moments for you to celebrate and to enjoy life, even amongst what what's going on in the world. And We'll talk about that very soon. Not not about COVID or anything like that, but we'll just talk about the world very soon and our part in it. Because I tell you what, we ain't part of it. We are, we we're not part. Of, you know, just a few weeks ago, have I read the story? Sorry, got everyone online. Sorry, let me go back to the story before I get on to that because I just got very excited. Um, because, uh, because the, Okay, so we've got a meanwhile going on. There's an older brother here who's really being annoying who's upset because the father has put on the fattened calf and, and, and reintroduced the son back into the family. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, look, he said, all these years I've been star- slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. You, you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. It's just not fear my son the father said you are always with me and everything i have is yours but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found what a powerful story and boy is that the story of your life and my life coming to know christ what was dead is now alive what was lost is now found and that's you those of you who know jesus christ as your lord and savior that is you and so how grateful we are. A little while ago, I got a DNA test. God, I wanna know if Jared and Crystal were my kids. Um, <laughs> that's not true, that's not true. You know this, you know they're my kids, look at them. All right, so uh, uh, so I wanted to find out a little bit more about my dad's background, which would then hopefully give me some more insight into our family. See, my dad was adopted three months after he was born. Uh, records were kept hidden until the mid-90s, of course, at such a time, my, my dad did some kind of like, you know, some searching, some tracking, found that his birth mother had passed away two months prior to tracking him, tracking her down. Pretty sad, eh? But he eventually tracked down a family member, a, a brother in a little place called Rawini in the North Island, Rawini. Anyone heard of Rawini? Anyone been to Rawini? Nolene, you know what, you've been to Rawini. It's in the North Island, it's around Hokianga kind of area, yep, up north. Yep, um, he, he found this brother of his. But you see, the thing is, he turns up and of course his brother knows nothing, right? And he turns up and they look exactly the same, right? And so the brother uh, basically just like, I think, because like, what happens is, is that the brother doesn't want to know anything about him. Totally, totally just didn't want, to, no information, nothing like that. Just didn't want to know anything about him, but they looked really similar. So there was no denying uh, it was his brother. But so, so, you know, I think Dad kind of felt maybe the brother felt like, you know, Dad was coming for the gold, you know, in them, in them hills. I don't know. But uh, uh, he got some little information on his mother, but really no joy on his father's side. So there, end of the info. Anyway, Rebecca, Rebecca Heslop here, she, um, she goes and gets a DNA test. And, uh, and, you know, a whole lot of things happened with her DNA test, which was quite different to what she would thought. Uh, she kind of thought that, you know, she'd been told, actually, that her uh, birth father was, you know, somebody. And then the DNA test came back. Cause the, and this is why I don't, didn't realise about the DNA test, is that the DNA test actually gives you people's names with photos. Uh, so uh, so Rebecca finds out that her dad is actually somebody else Who actually lives very nearby And it's like, okay, this is kind of weird, kind of crazy And I thought, okay, right Well, I don't know Because I'm thinking, you know what, what's, I wonder what my surname would have been If it wasn't Lieberzai what, was, you know, what was it? What was my dad's uh, surname? I, that, that might seem weird to a lot of you But it's kind of interesting I'd be interested, would, wouldn't you? Okay, so fair enough, right? I'm on the, I'm on the good side still Okay, good, good so, uh, so anyway, so no info. So I thought, okay, Rebecca's done it and kind of was interesting. Um, I'm going to do it too. Anyway, so I do the spit thing, spit into a vial and send it off. Goodbye. And then it comes back and uh, via uh, internet, email, uh, in regards to your descendants and all of that with, with people's names. And so i got first cousins who I've never met before don 't even know about, uh, which is really, really interesting, but, but it wasn 't enough information to find out too much more than that, although now that i 'm on the DNA list, people are DNA, uh, are emailing me or i 'm getting emails back from the DNA place to say, hey look here 's another person who 's just done because once they do the DNA test then that 's how the connection happens right, and so these ones are doing DNA tests and, and they're actually connecting up and all that sort of stuff so so it's an interesting journey with all of that, right um, uh, so quite intrigued, you know, what, what I'm a Lebesite. I know that. That's for sure. Absolutely. But Dad didn't start off with that last name. I wonder who his father is. I wonder what would have been, you know, what would have been my last name. You know, so you're kind of inquiring about it. You're kind of thinking about it. Um, Test come back. There's a lot of cousins that appear as a result, and some of which included photos. So uh, the mystery of who whom my father's father is still somewhat of a mystery because we just there's just no information on that side. So there's information on the mum's side but very little information on the dad's side. And so so anyway, so I've encouraged dad to do a DNA test because I reckon his one will be a little bit more detailed uh, hopefully than mine. So that the mystery, it's a mystery may be solved. How intriguing, how mysterious. Uh, I kind of like that world, mystery, mysterious. Um, but, but I guess in some ways too, I kind of think you know, And it might be subconscious, you know, those kind of questions like, well, I wonder where I fit here. I wonder who, I, who do I actually belong to. Um, and I wonder if my descendants, were, were they good people? Were they bad people? Were, what were they like? What, what, anyone had those sorts of thoughts or questions? Oh, most of you probably know. But um, you know, who are they? And also subconsciously, um, is there an inkling of a felt need of within me of where is home? Where do, I, where do I originate from? Uh, am I from the Hokianga area, Rawini, or where is actually, where is home? Uh, is, is, you know, is this my, am I going to find out all of that information? And in contemplating my navel on this particular situation, um, there is a drive for all of us, I believe, to find home. Where is home? Um, everybody is looking for home, I believe. So what does that mean then? What's the problem? Why are we looking for home? Because we know that probably what we've got right now isn't all of what we should be and where we should be. So we have this problem. We have a sickness and it's called homesickness. We are homesick. Anyone been homesick? I think I've been homesick. I have had moments where I've been billeted out as a boys' brigade kid or billeted out from a, you know, as a school kid. And uh, we went to, I remember, in Standard 4, year six, thank you, year six. So I would have been about that, eight, eight nine years old. And um, I remember going to Golden Bay for a night and I remember staying in someone's home there And man, it's the freakiest feeling, to be honest. I don't think I ever rang my parents and told them I wanted out, but in fact, I couldn't ring anybody because there was no cell phones in those days. There was only one phone. And it was one of those round ones that (laughs) put your finger in the dial thing and it went round like that. Does anyone remember those ones? Anyway, so the so and one of the other reasons why I couldn't ring anyone was because there was an evil cat. In my bedroom, this cat sat on the bed and just watched me all night so I couldn't move. And it was probably wondering, what are you doing in my bed? (laughs) Right? Yeah, cats. That's another message. (laughs) But we are possibly living constantly with homesickness. The dictionary, I looked up the dictionary during the week, says in regards to homesickness, Homesickness, it says this, homesickness is a feeling of stress or anxiety caused by separation from people and places that you know. And it's the worst feeling, right? It is the worst feeling. The most prolific sickness of our day, it's interesting, of our day today, is stress and anxiety. Is this because we have strayed so far from home Is the stress and the anxiety so prolific now because we're in a world that is profoundly, profoundly at odds with our deepest desires? And the Bible confirms it. It says we are strangers. We are, one version says we are aliens. We are not of this world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. Meaning that we are not from here. We are from elsewhere. So I think humanity has been in exile. And I think humanity, I'm talking about the whole world here. I'm not just I'm not just talking to Christians, I'm talking to everybody. The whole world. Every single person is in exile and is looking for home. Looking for home looking for a place to belong, looking for a place to be absolutely loved and doted, looking for a place to be affirmed, looking for a place where they would know their true self, looking for a place where they know that they fit. There is an example in Scripture that we could talk about and that would have to be the Garden of Eden, all right? The Garden of Eden were, uh, was absolutely perfect. And it was the home for us. That was home for us. That was where we were meant to live. We would still be living there now if it wasn't for Adam and Eve, right? Okay, you, want, you, you thought I was gonna say Eve, didn't you, Helen? So you just said Adam just to make a point, right? <laughs> that is true. Uh, so uh, let's say Adam and Eve. Uh, because of them. But ultimately, Adam and Eve reflect humanity. They're purely symbolic of you and I. Uh, If it was AJ and June, if it was Brent and Viv, if it was Jared and Alicia, would it have been different? AJ says, yes, it would have. I I wouldn't have allowed her to take that apple. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so so uh, so right from the beginning. Okay, so we know we know this home. We, we 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 read of it. We think, man, what a what a great place this home. And if you think about home, you think about Adam and Eve. You think about them being in the garden. What they were doing? What were they doing? They might have been looking at a few plants and growing some veggies, and, and they would have been absolutely perfect. There wouldn't have been a weed in place. But they would have been walking with God. The Bible says they were walking with God in the call of the eve as they normally would do. How awesome. Oh, what a great feeling. Home is a place that fits and suits you. That's, that's what was going on for them. It suits your deepest desires and your deepest needs. It's a place where you can be yourself. In the Garden of Eden, there was God's infinite beauty that satis- satisfied the beauty senses of your soul. There was work that cultivated the garden absolutely, that satisfied the deepest creativity, the creative senses of your soul. There were His counsel when He would walk with you, when you would walk with Him, satisfied absolutely the farthest reachings of your mind. And there of course was the love of God, the ultimate love of God, which satisfied our infinite need for love and affection. It was all there in the garden, in the Garden of Eden. But according to the Bible, the same thing happened to us as what happened to the youngest son that we've read about, the prodigal son. We struggled under our father's authority. I'm sorry, I'm putting us in there guys. We're not exclusive, excluded here. We, we, we struggled against our father's authority. We wanted to live our lives the way we wanted to live our lives and we still make that choice every single day. And as a result, we are alienated from the father. We've lost our home and we are in exile. We have become dissatisfied in want and in hunger like the younger son. The story of the prodigal son is about the human race. In other words, it's all about you. You are the prodigal son. We are all wandering in the world that does not any longer fill our deepest longings and deepest needs a woman by the name of Eva Hoffman was a Polish Jew whose parents had to flee Europe during the Holocaust. And she said this, she said, knowing what it was to be exiled, she, she, she said, since Adam and Eve left the Garden of Eden, is there anyone who does not in some way feel like an exile? We all feel ejected from our first home, from our authentic selves, that sense of belonging, that tuning in of ourselves with others completely eludes us in this exile. Uh, anyone remember The Lion King? Great movie, great songs. Elton John writes this song, sings and, and plays a song called The Circle of Life. In the story, and, and, and I tell you, was, uh, uh, you know, many of these movies taught us things that we probably shouldn't have been taught. But uh, here's one little teaching that took place, and that was about the circle of life. What is life all about? Well, father line speaks to son line, and they have a conversation about life. And so they're talking about the circle of life and saying, We are just part of a circle. Uh, Life is a circle. And so uh, he says, uh, The son, the dad says, um, uh, The son says, but dad, Don't we eat the antelopes? In other words, I see a sort of food chain pyramid here. You know, aren't the lions at the top and everything else is below us? Don't we eat the antelopes? And his father's line says, No. Does that sound father enough? No. You don't understand. Yes, we eat the antelopes, but then we die. And then we fertilize the grass. And then the grass grows up. And the antelopes eat the grass. So firstly, we eat the antelopes and then the antelopes eat us. So we are all part of this wonderful circle of life. Isn't it wonderful, son? Exactly. Just makes you want to sing about it, doesn't it? A world in which everyone you love becomes fertilizer and then you become fertilizer is not a world our hearts can rest in. I'm getting lots of nods here, folks. It's good. We are homeless here. This is not the place that we are built for. So why do we feel alienated? Why would we feel so in exile in regards to this? I've never heard of a fish complain about their water. I don't wanna be in this water. This sucks. <laughs> right? Uh, never heard it. And because it's so natural for a fish to be in water, but it is not natural for us to be in a world that is not fulfilling our deepest desires and our deepest needs. The fish is always content because it is at home. So if we're just the product of the universe say, why do we feel not at home here then? Why did that happen? Why do we have a sense of exile on this earth as it is? What a great question. Well, to feel like an alien in a foreign land, you you would have to have had to have something of the past to remind you of your alienness, don't you think? You can't feel at home here because you know you came from somewhere that was home. Whenever you have a temporary moment where you don't feel quite as homeless in the world, it's actually a memory trace of the collected consciousness of the human race because we remember the garden. We remember what life was like at the feet of God. We remember that beauty. We remember that love. We remember those creative opportunities. We remember the knowledge and the wisdom that alone can create home. We know a place where there is no death, where there is no suffering. We know a place where there's no sorrow, there's no hunger, there's no poverty. We know it, we know it, we know it. And yet we don't remember. We really weren't there. Yet somehow eternity rings in our heart and we just know there's a home for us. I ain't there yet, right? That's the human condition. That is the problem that we have as human beings is that we are homesick. and We are looking for home. We don't remember it. We weren't really there, but we know it. Without a shadow of a doubt, we are not yet home. And Jesus provokes that in this biblical story about the lost son. Incredibly provoking. The son goes away. He's lost everything. He's homesick and he just wants to come home. The plight of humanity. So what do we do about it? How do we deal with this? How do we fix this? And Jesus explains it. You know, there's many criticisms about this story, many thoughts about this story, many different messages about this story. The father who represents God brings back the lost son, represents the sinner. No atonement, no sacrifices made. The son wants to be the hired hand. He kind of cries out and says, I'll be your hired hand. But the father has no inkling whatsoever to want or desire to do that. He wants to allow the son to retain or to get back his sonship. No payment, no sacrifice was needed. And scripture tells us very clearly that Jesus Christ, the son of God, we all know died on the cross for us, died on the cross for our sins, uh, and, and he he took all the evil in the world and he embraced it on his own self, on himself, and he paid a price. The sacrifice for sin payment had to be made. So Jesus had to die on the cross. okay? So stick with me on this. It's going to get a little bit deep, uh, but it's worth it. Some people say, "Well, wait a minute, it is not. Um, that's not what is going on here. Here's the father, he's representing God and the son representing, uh, representing the sinner and the sinner tries to make payment. But he says, I, I, I want to be just like one of your hired men, but the father would have nothing of it and freely gives him a robe, a ring and brings him back into the family. And so people teach from this that there is no need for sacrifice or atonement. But if you read it like that, you're completely wrong. You've completely missed the point of the story. Luke 15, at the beginning, as I said, it's tax collectors and sinners, and the Pharisees are gathering around Jesus. So the younger, this is what Jesus is doing. He's referring to the younger brother as being the sinners and the tax collectors. That's what he's doing. That's why he's telling this story. He's telling it to the Pharisees. He's saying, the sinners and the tax collectors, that's the younger brother. Yep, they've gone away. They've squandered their wealth. They've lost everything. And I'm here showing them the way home. Okay, that's just it. Uh, and you know, p- part of what what uh, this story is about. The older brother is the religious types. So he's referring to the Pharisees who he's talking to as being the older brother. And the Pharisees are asking, "What in the world are you doing, hanging out with people like that?" And in response, okay, so Jesus tells these particular stories. It's interesting because all three stories are different. The first story was the lost sheep. Someone goes out and finds it, brings it back, right? Second story is the lost coin and there's an all out search to find it and get it back, absolutely. But then this third parable is lost son and yet no one goes out. No one goes searching for him. No one goes out to bring him home. It's strikingly different to the first two stories that Jesus told. And I believe Jesus deliberately does that to force us to ask the question, well, who should have gone out then? Who should have gone out? And the answer is in the culture of that time. Anyone would, in that culture, anyone would have been able to answer it. When he's talking to the Pharisees, the Pharisees knew exactly what Jesus was talking about because everyone knows whose job it would have been and it would have been the older brother's job. That was the role of the older brother. The older brother in that culture, it is the job of the oldest son to keep the estate together, to keep the family together. That was his role, to keep the family together. Therefore, he should have gone. That's what a true older brother would have done. A true older brother would have said to his father, Father, my brother has been a fool, but I will go and find him and bring him back. And I will bring him back into the family at my expense. And that's the key to it all. Why? Okay, so look, when the father here at the end of the parable goes out to the field to talk to the other older brother, who won 't come into the celebrations he says he, he says son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. This was now true. The younger son had taken his share and squandered it, and the older brother owned everything the father owned. All of it was his. He is the only heir left. every robe, every ring every fatted calf belongs to the older brother and therefore there is no way the father can bring the son back into the family except at the older brother's expense. So you can see why the older brother got upset, right? With the wrong attitude. The the youngest son's come back and now he's using my stuff. If we are the prodigal son, We need a true older brother and there is no way for the father to bring us back into the family to bring us home except at the expense of a true older brother. I wonder what kind of older brother would we need? While we are wandering, lost, homesick, we would need someone who would come all the way from heaven, our true home, all the way from back then all the way from the Garden of Eden, all the way from what actually is our home, we would need someone, we would need an older brother who would come to earth from his home, from our home, someone who would not just pay a significant amount of money, but someone who would take on our infinite cosmic debt. And we have Him, we have an older brother who was willing to get us home. We who are lost, we who are homesick because we know of somewhere so much better than this, needed an older brother to show us how to get home and to pay our debt for we are squandering our inheritance. We have spent it all and we have nothing. We just want to be home. So Jesus went to the cross to pay our debt. Sure, the son, the prodigal son comes home free, but it wasn't free. The brother, older brother knew that the, the, with the son coming home, it was gonna cost him now. It was, it was gonna be at his expense. Number one, if I was gonna do a three-point message. Number one, we have a perfect older brother. He is Jesus Christ. Your homesickness is because you know of a place better than this. Embrace the pain. Embrace the pain, embrace the feeling, that lost feeling as a reminder that there is somewhere better. Number two, you may not know your generational background or you may. You may not know your true family name. Most of you do. But you still can have homesickness. And I'm here to tell you, you have a heavenly father. His name is Jehovah God. (laughs) You have an older brother. His name is Jesus Christ. And every single Christian is our brother or our sister, that is your family. And I wanna encourage you, keep walking towards home. Keep walking, never give up, because when you keep walking, you will know home is just around the corner. And number three, when our older brother had already come to find you and to show you your true home, your true north, remember this, he already paid the price. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever's being squandered, whatever is being ripped away from you, whatever feels in your life so far from home in an instant, in a moment, you can come back. You can come home. No debt to pay. Absolute freedom. The gift of eternal life is free. I get a bit emotional because someone did pay the price. Someone paid the price for me, someone paid the price for you. You might think you got in in here free, you didn't. You can come in free, but you didn't get in here free because Jesus paid the price. He paid for your sin, paid for you. He came from home, the home, that we're all longing for. He came so that we might know what it is. To know home. That sense of belonging. That knowing of your true self. That sense of understanding this, this is temporary. This is this is temporary. Eternity is forever. And we get to be with forever. Home so exciting it's so amazing it's so it's, it's so mind-blowing it's, it's it's bewildering it's, it's it's fantastic it's magical it's it's a dream coming true it's it's my words are limited because it's better than my words and we all get to part to be a part of it we're all going to see each other we're all going to be there we're all going to To know that that there is a place for us that is absolutely perfection and back into the Garden of Eden, back you know, whether it's heaven, back in the garden, wherever it is, it's 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 gonna be perfect, it's gonna be amazing. We're gonna be with our heavenly father and we're gonna be with our older brother, Jesus. Who paid the price. Who paid the price for us. So here's the thing. Keep going keep walking keep loving Jesus keep desiring to know him to understand what he's done to, to when you walk out of here look if you haven't opened a Bible for so long open it up start reading it start start, start hearing the voice of God again start finding you a place finding a way finding a finding a way to him when he, when he When he started his ministry, the first things he said was, would you follow me? Come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. They dropped everything. They followed him. What does he want from you? Would you just follow him? Just follow him. Because he knows where he's going. He knows what it's like. He knows what home is going to be like. He wants you there. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. There's an old hymn we used to sing. I'm going to read the words to you. uh, Unless Jamie knows it. Do you remember it? You don't remember it. Do you remember it? Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling for you and for me. See on the portals, you know, the porch, the, the deck. He's watching, he's waiting. Watching for you and for me. Come home, come home. You who are weary, come home. Earnestly, tenderly. Jesus is calling, calling, O sinner, come home. Remember there were three types of people that Jesus referred to here. One was the sinners, the tax collectors and the Pharisees. I'll put myself in the sinners bracket. I'm not a tax collector. I don't collect taxes for anybody. And I hope to God I'm not a Pharisee, that's for sure. So I'll be a sinner. I'm okay to be a sinner. It's good to be a sinner, but, but, but a redeemed sinner, right? Not just, okay, okay, time's gone. Time's gone. Here's another verse. Oh, for the wonderful love he has promised, promised for you and for me. Though we have sinned, he has mercy and pardon, pardon for you and me. Come home, come home, you who are weary, come home. Come home. Come home. Your connection with Jesus is everything. Your connection with the news your connection with COVID, your connection with government, your connection, whatever is going on in your world, let me tell you this, your connection with Jesus is more important. It is everything. And all he wants you to do is to walk with him. And we walk with him by trusting him, having faith in him and loving him. Would you do that with me? 2022 and beyond, come on, let's start a journey. Let's walk with Christ. Amen. God bless everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at annasbrook.co.nz or visit our website.